0: So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Well, what's new with me? Uh, eh, not a lot. Pretty boring. Uh, I had a four-day weekend, uh, thanks to furlough. And uh, so I thought, oh boy, the stuff I'm going to do with my four-day weekend. Boy, oh boy, am I excited. Uh, I was going to camp off today, being Monday, uh, my last day of uh, furlough or whatever for this week. And I thought, oh, and then my daughter is going to get her driver's test. Oh, boy, is this going to be just what a weekend. And then I didn't do much with it. Um, I got together with Ben, my co host for the book, Boys, and we were going to socially distance hang out on my deck. And then it started raining, so we had to move into my creepy garage. And so we spent uh, our evening out there and chatting, and that was nice. And then, uh... uh that's kind of it. Then uh, I bought a treadmill, a portable one, that in theory you're supposed to be able to slide under your bed and or couch, but there's no way this thing would ever go under a bed or a couch. It's too fat. But I bought it with the intention of going out uh, today or yesterday and going to Ikea and buying a standing desk. Uh, one, preferably, you can raise lower. And then that way, uh, I can continue my health kick, because I've been dieting and walking uh, like 10 miles a day. Uh, Usually, you know, hour and a half long walk twice a day. And that usually works out. But, you know, during the day at work, you shouldn't be doing that. So I was going to do it while working at my standing walking desk. And then uh, I realized uh, IKEA's raised and lowered desks. They're expensive as hell. I already spent a lot of money on this stupid treadmill, so I'm going to have to cobble together something. And I thought, I'm an ingenious, thoughtful man. I should be able to do this easily. And it'll be quaint and cute, and people will laugh. Oh, look at that. But also, like, oh, it looks so good. Nope, that didn't work out. Uh, What I cobbled together is embarrassing. Uh, It's a table that's supposed to be for the kitchen. Uh, So it's kind of a little bit taller than a normal table, but not really. And then on top of that, I put this kind of low bookcase (laughs) that I'm balancing my computer on. So it's embarrassing. I've even got my Wi-Fi up there underneath the bookcase. It just looks bad. So that's gross. But that's the extent of uh, my time. I had to call my brother-in-law over and ask him to help me move furniture out to the garage because the furniture I have is so ridiculously large and heavy and old that uh, I realized at one point I can't do this myself. What the hell is happening to me? When do you reach a point in your life where you can't move furniture yourself? It's something I've always been able to do. So that was depressing. But while I was out taking a walk this morning, my daughter did text me to tell me that she passed her written driver's test. And, uh, and oh, isn't that fun? Then she said I'm standing in line for two hours uh, to get my photo and fill out paperwork. And this sucks. And I said, you're with your mom? She said, yes. I said, why don't you pay your mom ten bucks? Make her stand in line for you, and she can text you when you're up. It allows you to go outside and smoke cigarettes and text your friends. And that joke didn't go over very well. Well, with that, let's uh, dive into the next two chapters, 23 and 24, of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Well, here's the part where normally I try to read a fun fact about Samuel Langhorn Clemens, otherwise known as Mark Twain. But the facts I have available to me from a normal website has been pretty boring. For example, uh, Twain was introduced to leaders, including abolitionists, socialists, atheists, and political activists in his life. Twain was uh, very outspoken on issues such as slavery, racism, and animal cruelty. He incorporated many of his liberal ideas into his writing. I'd like to learn more about what his stance is on slavery and racism. Uh, His book is not uh, racist racist, it's just got the n-word in a lot. Uh, So I'd kind of like to know, what was his stance? Uh, How far advanced was he for his time? But we'll never know because this site won't tell us. But they will tell us that he loved cats uh, and wanted them around him all the time. So, neither of that was interesting. So I looked up uh, WhatTheFact.com about Jackie Onassis. Uh, Number one, before marriage, following her graduation and prior to her marriage to John F. Kennedy. Jacqueline Kennedy was the, quote, inquiring camera girl uh, for the Washington Times-Herald. She took pictures of people she encountered and asked them all sorts of questions on the issues of the day. And wove their replies into her newspaper column. She also covered the 1953 coronation of Queen Elizabeth II. So, that was a little more interesting uh, and better written than what you normally see. So, with, uh, with that, let's dive into the next two chapters of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Chapter 23 At last, the sleepy atmosphere was stirred, ah, and vigorously. The murder trial, which I nearly forgot about, came on in the court. It became the absorbing topic of a village talk immediately. Tom could not get away from it. Every reference to the murder sent a a shudder to his heart. For his troubled conscience and fears almost persuaded him, uh, these remarks were put forth in his hearing as feelers. He did not see how he could be suspected of knowing anything about the murder, but still he could not be comfortable in the midst of this gossip. That kept him in a cold shiver all the time. He took Huck to a lonely place uh, to have a talk with him. It would be some relief to unseal his tongue for a little while, to divide his burden of distress with another sufferer. Moreover, he wanted to assure himself that Huck had remained discreet. Ah... Uh, Huck, have you ever told anybody about uh, that? About what? Oh, you know what? Oh, of course I haven't. Never a word? Never a solitary word, so help me. Hey, what makes you ask? Well, I was, uh, feared. Why, Tom Sawyer, we wouldn't be alive two days if that got found out. You know that. Tom felt more uh, comfortable after a pause. Heck, uh, they couldn't anybody get to you to tell, could they? Get me to tell? Why, if I wanted that, half-breed devil, oh, jeez, to drown me, uh, they, could get to, they could get me to tell. There ain't no different way. Well, that's all right, then. I reckon we're safe as long as uh, we keep mum. But let's swear again anyway, it's more sure. Yeah, I'm agreed. So they swore again with the uh, Dread solidies. What is all the the talk around, Huck? I've heard a power of it. Uh, Talk, well, uh, it's just Muff Potter. Muff Potter, Muff Potter all the time. It keeps me a sweat constant, so I wants to hide somewhere. That's just the same way they they go on around me. I I reckon he's a goner. Uh, Don't you feel sorry for him sometimes? Well, most always, most always, he ain't uh, on no account. But then he ain't ever done anything to hurt anybody. Just fishes, a little, to get money to get drunk on, and, and loafs around considerable, but Lord, uh, we all do that, ha <laughs> ha ha, leastways of us, uh, preachers and such like, but he's kind of a uh, good, he'd give me half a fish, once, uh, when there wasn't enough for two, and lots of times he's kind of stood by me when I was out of luck. Ah, yeah, well, he's mended kites for me, Huck, and knitted hooks on my line, oh God. I wish we could get him out of there. Oh, my, we couldn't get him out, Tom. And besides, uh, twouldn't do any good. They'd catch him again. K-E-T-C-H. Ah, uh, yes, so they would. Uh, but I hate to hear them abuse him. Like, like, so like the, the Dickens, when he's never done uh, that. Yeah, I do, too, Tom. Lord, I, I hear him say he's the bloodiest-looking villain in the country. Uh, they wonder if he wasn't ever hung before. Yes, yes, they talk like that all the time. i've I've heard him say that if he was uh, to get free, ah, they'd lynch him. Oh, they'd do that too. The boys had a long talk, yeah, but it brought them little comfort. As the twilight drew on, they found themselves hanging about the neighborhood of the little isolated jail, perhaps, with an undefined hope that something would happen uh, that might clear away their difficulties. Uh, but nothing happened. There seemed to be no angels or fairies interested in the luckless captive. The boys did, as they had often done before. Uh, Went to the cell, grating and gave Potter some tobacco and matches. And he was on the ground floor, and there were no guards. His gratitude for their gifts had always smote their consciences before. It uh, cut deeper than ever this time. Oh, they felt cowardly and treacherous to the last degree when, when Potter said... Ah, oh, you've been mighty good to me, boys Better than anybody else in this town And I don't forget it I don't Often I says to myself, says I I used to mend all the boys' kites and things And show them where the good fishing places was And befriended them uh, What I could And now they've all forgot old Muff When he's in trouble But Tom don't Ah, and Huck don't They don't forget him, says I And I don't forget them Well, boys, i had done an awful thing Drunk and crazy at the time. That's the only way I can account for it. And now I gotta swing for it. And it's right. Right and best too, I reckon. Hope so anyway. Well, we don't uh, talk about that. I don't want to make you feel bad. You befriended me. Uh, but what I like I want to say is, don't you ever get drunk. Then you won't ever get here. Stand a little further west, so that's it It's a prime comfort to see the faces that's friendly When a body's in such a muck of trouble And there don't come none here but yorn. Good, friendly faces Good, friendly faces Get up get up on one another's backs ah, let, me, let me touch them That's it Shake hands You only come through the bars and but Mine are too big Little hands, ah, and weak But they help Muff power, Potter a power And they'd help him more if they could now well, Tom went home miserable. And his dreams that night were full of horrors. The next day, and the day after, he hung about the courtroom, drawn by an almost irresistible impulse to go in, but forcing himself to stay out, Huck was having the same experience. They studiously avoided each other. Each wandered away from time to time, but the same dismal fascination always brought them back presently. Tom kept his ears open when idlers sauntered out of the courtroom, but invariably heard distressing news. The toils were closing more and more relentlessly around poor Potter, and at the end of the second day, the village talk was to the effect that Injun Joe's evidence stood firm and unshaken, and that there was not the slightest question as to what the jury's verdict would be. Tom was out late that night, and came to bed through the window. He was in a tremendous state of excitement. It was hours before he got to sleep. All the village flocked to the courthouse the next morning, for this was to be the great day. Both sexes were about equally represented in the packed audience. After a, a long wait, the jury filled in and took their places. Shortly afterward, Potter, pale and haggard, timid and hopeless, was brought in with chains upon him and seated where all the curious eyes could stare at him. No less conspicuous was in a joke, stolid as ever. There was another pause, and then the judge arrived, and the sheriff proclaimed the opening of the court. The usual whisperings uh, among the lawyers, gathering together of... Papers followed, and his details and accompanying delays worked up an atmosphere of preparation that was uh, as impressive ooh, as it was fascinating. Now, a witness was called who testified that he found Muff Potter washing in the brook at uh, an early hour in the morning, that the murder was discovered, and that he immediately sneaked away. After some further questioning, the counsel for the prosecution said, Take the witness. And the prisoner raised his eyes for a moment and dropped them again when his own counsel says, Nah, I got no questions to ask him. The next witness, "Yeah, approved the finding of the knife near the corpse. Counsel for the prosecution said, Take the witness. Nah, I got no questions to ask him, Potter's lawyer replied. A third witness swore that he had often seen the knife in Potter's possession. Take the witness. The counsel for Potter declined to question him. The faces of the audience began to betray annoyance. Did this attorney mean to throw away his client's life without an effort? Several witnesses deposed concerning Potter's guilty behavior. When he brought to the scene of the murder, they were allowed to leave the stand without being cross-questioned. Every detail of the damaging circumstances that occurred in the graveyard upon that morning, which all present remembered so well, was brought out by credible witnesses. But none of them were cross-examined by Potter's lawyer. The perplexity and dissatisfaction of the house expressed itself in uh, murmurs uh, and provoked a reproof from the bench. Counsel for the prosecution now said, By the oaths of citizens whose simple word is above suspicion, we have fastened this awful crime beyond all possibility of question upon the unhappy prisoner at the bar. We rest our case here. Oh, a groan escaped from poor Potter. And he put his face in his hands and rocked his body softly to and fro. While the painful... Silence reigned in the courtroom. Many men were moved. Many women's compositions testified itself in tears. Counsel for the defense rose and said, Your Honor, in our remarks at the opening of this trial, we foreshadowed our purpose to prove that our client did this fearful deed while under the influence of a blind and irresponsible delirium produced by drink. We have changed our mind. We shall not offer that plea, then to the clerk. Call... Ooh, Thomas Sawyer. Oh, a puzzled amazement, just like what you heard me say, awoke in every face in the house, not even the expecting potters. Every eye fastened itself with a wondering interest upon Tom as he rose and took his place upon the stand. Oh, the boy looked wild enough, for he was badly scared. The oath was administered. Thomas Sawyer, where were you on the 17th of June, about the hour of midnight? Oh, Tom glanced at Injun Joe's iron face, and his tongue failed him. The audience listened, oh, breathless, but the words refused to come. After a few moments, however, the uh, boy got a little of his strength back and managed to put enough of it into his voice to make part of the house hear. Eh, uh, in, the, in the graveyard. Uh, a little bit louder, please. Don't be afraid, you were in the graveyard. A contemptuous smile flitted across Injun Joe's face. Were you anywhere near Horace Williams' grave? Uh, Yes, sir. Speak up just a trifle louder. How near were you? As near as I am to you. Were you hidden or not? Oh, I was hid. Where? Behind the elms. That's on the uh, edge of the grave. Injun Joe gave a barely perceptible start. Anyone with you? Uh, Yes, sir. I went there with... Dash... Wait, wait a moment. Never mind mentioning your companion's name. We will produce him at the proper time. Did you carry anything there with you? Tom hesitated and looked confused. Uh, Speak out, my boy. Uh, Don't be diffident. The truth is always respectable. What did you take there? Uh, Only a a, a dead cat. There's a ripple of mirth, which the court checked. "'We will produce the skeleton of that cat. "'Now, my boy, uh, tell us everything that occurred. Uh, "'Tell it in your own way. "'Don't skip anything. Don't be afraid.' "'Tom began, hesitatingly at first, but he... "'As he warmed to the subject, his words flowed more and more easily. "'In a little while, every sound ceased but his own voice. "'Every eye fixed itself upon him with parted lips and bated breath. "'All the audience hung upon his words.' Taking no note of time wrapped in the ghastly fascinations of the tale, the strain went on, a pent emotion reached its climax, and and the boy said, And as the doctor uh, fetched the board around the uh, muff potter fell, Injun Joe jumped with the knife and crash! Quick as lightning, the half-breed sprang for the window, tore his way through all the opposers, and was gone. Well, that was exciting. Thank God I'm reading chapter 24. Tom was a glittering hero once more, the pet of the old, the envy of the young. Oh, his name even went into immortal print, for the village paper magnified him. There were some that believed that he would be president, yet if he escaped hanging. As usual, fickle, unreasoning world took Muff Potter into its bosom and fondled him as lavishly as it abused him before. But that sort of conduct is to the world's credit, therefore it is not well to find fault with it. Tom's days were days of splendor and exaltation to him. Ah, but his nights were seasons of horror. Injun Joe infested all his dreams and always with doom in his eye. Hardly any temptation could persuade the boy to stir abroad after nightfall? Ah, poor Huck was in the same state of wretchedness and terror, for Tom had told the whole story to the lawyer the night before the great day of the trial. And Huck was sore afraid that his share in the business might leak out yet, notwithstanding, Injun Joe's flight had saved him the suffering of testifying in court. The poor fellow had got the attorney to promise secrecy. Yeah, but what of it, since Tom's harassed conscience had managed to drive him to the lawyer's house by night and wring a dead tale from his lips that had been sealed with the dismalest and most formidable of oaths? Huck's confidence in the human race was well-nigh obliterated. Daily Muff Potter's gratitude made Tom glad he had spoken, but nightly, he wished he had sealed up his tongue. Half the time, Tom was afraid Injun Joe would never be captured. The other half, uh, he was afraid that he would be. He felt sure he could never draw a safe breath again until that man was dead and he had seen the corpse. Rewards had been offered, Uh, the country had been scoured, but no Injun Joe was found. One of those omniscient... omniscient... Ugh, that was a tough one for me. I'm glad I pulled it together at the last minute. The awe-inspiring marvels, a detective, came up from St. Louis, who moused around, shook his head, looked wise, and made that sort of astounding success which members of the craft usually achieve. That is to say, he found a clue, C-L-E-W, uh, that you can't hang a, quote, clue for murder. And so, after that, the detective had got through and gone home. Tom felt just as insecure as he was before. The slow days drifted on, and each left behind it a slightly lightened weight of apprehension. Short and punchy, short and punchy, and what a cliffhanger! I'm surprised at how much I'm liking Mark Twain. Uh, I only read it when I was a kid, and so I didn't really have any, didn't form any decent opinions about his writing. But I'm enjoying it a lot more. I feel like I should dredge up what his stances were on, uh, racism, and hope that he redeems himself for the excessive use of the N-word. Which I know, I know, was of its time considered, uh, not as offensive as it is now, but still, it's annoying to read. Um, what did we learn? We learned that, uh, Tom Sawyer has a conscience, and so he finally does the right thing out of guilt and everything else. And Huck Finn's just a racist jerk, but he gets dragged into it against his will. Uh, and when he does the right thing, oh, Injun Joe takes off running. So that was uh, now he's out there and he's a dangerous element. So that's carrying through. I'm glad we didn't lose the narrative of the murder or anything along those lines. Uh, My daughter said that she remembers reading this and thought it was tough to read. Kind of like when you sit down to read Edgar Allan Poe. Like the the way, the the words he uses. Boy, am I having a tough night tonight. Uh, His lexicon. There, I sound fancy again. uh, It can be a little difficult to read sometimes to follow along. Uh, I used tend to zone out. And so she was saying the same thing about this. And I was thinking that's weird because it seems so easy to read. But maybe my tolerance is uh, different because I have read so much classic literature, which, like Lord Byron, uh, can be very difficult and annoying. But I'm turning out to like this a lot. So, uh, how do I tie this into what I said before? With working out and making embarrassing working desks for my treadmill? Uh, Perseverance. Perseverance in in doing the right thing. Now, that's what we're going to go away with. Uh, ben and I still aren't going to be recording a, an episode soon. We're going to be reading uh Fifty Shades of Grey, which is something we're both not looking forward to, and we just need a damn break. So uh, I'm going to be kicking out more episodes of this to wrap this turd up, because uh, summertime is almost ending. Uh, I can tell because Target is selling uh, pumpkin-flavored coffee again, which, like the little moron that I am, I snapped right up right away. And oh boy, have I been loving it. So autumn is in the air, Uh, and I got to wrap this story up because it's not very uh, fall feeling. There's not a lot of back to, well, I don't know. Okay, well, with that, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you later this week.